Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 125 of the IA Cast. Yeah, one 125. It's crazy. My name is Michael Doeys, and I'm here today with Jason Earls. Hello, everyone. Aaliyah Dudley. Hello. And Megan Hargrave. Hello, everybody. All right. He so. leaves the troublemakers for last. Right. <laughs> that was totally planned. Uh. Well, then why was I right after Michael then? Because he's got to keep an eye on you. All right. <laughs> so it has been two weeks, even though we said we'd record last week, we had some things to take care of, but we're back again this week. He lied. He I lied. lied. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> But we're here for another episode, and we've got quite a bit to talk about. So let's get into the news. There were quite a few things that happened in the last uh, few weeks. And uh, let's start off with the information that uh, apparently... Shall we sprint into the news? Yeah, we're going to sprint into the news. <laughs> and let people know that phase one of the merger has occurred. Apparently, this is going through. Yeah, I'm... I'm a little, and a lot of people are really concerned about this, and that's pricing. And if you take four major carriers and bring them down to three, that's not a lot of competition. And so even though T-Mobile's promised to keep their prices the same and not raise them for three years, what's going to happen after that? And that's just, I'm a little worried about it. Um, You know, People want to be able to have affordable cellular, and I hope that that's going to be still possible. Well, and I feel like T-Mobile's plans are pretty affordable, so I think that Sprint stuff will be rolled into T-Mobile's. I hope. You guys are well, going the Canadian direction. <laughs> <laughs> How is that? We have we have three big providers, so Rogers, Bell, and Telus, but then there's a whole bunch of tiny little providers but you guys are still kind of moving towards us, and our prices are ridiculous. Well, it's interesting because there are several sides to this coin because I feel like some of this is just speculation, and we're not really going to know what's going to happen until it happens to an extent. And, you know, T-Mobile does have their uh, promise of not raising prices, but what worries me is that prices are going to go up, and not just for Sprint and T-Mobile customers, but for all wireless carrier customers. You know, AT&T, Verizon, Sprint, uh, not Sprint, sorry, AT&T and Verizon could be like, well, if T-Mobile's raising their prices, we can raise their prices too, and consumers aren't going to be able to do much about it, except for going to the virtual carriers like Cricket and whoever else is going to be left, and... A lot of people aren't going to feel comfortable doing that. You know, there's a lot of people have more trust in the bigger carriers and you can do more with some of the bigger carriers like the iPhone upgrade program, for instance. Right. And, you know, it's interesting to kind of look back on Sprint and where it came from and to know that Sprint is actually an acronym because it was actually formed from one of the railroad companies. It was the uh, from the uh, South Pacific Railroad. And so it stands for something like South Pacific Railroad uh, Internetwork Communication or Internetwork uh, Telecom. Yeah. And so to me, that's really interesting where it came from. And I really want to see what T-Mobile is going to do with this new uh, acquisition. But we'll have to see. 
what will really be interesting interesting to see is what's going to happen with this little tiny $38,000 case that's going to be a... <laughs> hey, maybe uh, we can watch these uh, phone mergers and eat some pizza. Right. Mm, pizza. <laughs> Aliyah, you want to talk about this one? But ugh, not their pizza. Um, Yeah, sure. So there is a case, and we're going to post a link to a thread in the show notes that does a really, really good job. Better job than I or any others really have done thus far in explaining what's going on. Essentially, what is happening is that Domino's has been sued by a blind man who attempted to order a pizza using the online system. After being sued, apparently they implemented a hotline that disabled customers could call to get assistance if they couldn't use the website. Domino's thought that that was enough. Uh... Initially, the court sided with them, and then there was an appeal. That appeal, uh, the judge on that appeal decided in favor of the blind person in that the judge, in his opinion, stated that because the website of Domino's and its app allowed people to have access to the goods and services sold at the physical restaurant, Domino's needed to make that website and app accessible. Domino's is appealing that decision and is trying to go to the Supreme Court and saying that essentially guidelines haven't been issued by the Department of Justice entailing how people are supposed to make their websites accessible, how businesses are supposed to do that. And Domino's also said that if WCAG 2.0 was to be used as their set of guidelines, that they weren't given enough due process notice that that was supposed to be the guidelines. And the judge disagreed strongly, essentially saying that the guidelines are just that. Guidelines, they're not a mandated um, set of standards. When we settle court cases in the settlement, usually they are... You know, there is there is a statement that, that the company will become compliant with these guidelines, but we don't ever sue over a violation of the guidelines. We sue over a violation of the ADA. And so now Domino's is trying to take this to the Supreme Court. They've stated that making parts of their website cited in the lawsuit uh, as being inaccessible, making those parts accessible would cost $38,000. Of course, Domino's annual revenue last year was over $600 million, certainly not a uh, undue burden. And uh, <laughs> I will end my conversation with saying that I think that there is a very golden uh, comment made in a very technical description of Domino's behavior in the article that we'll be posting in the show notes. And uh, for me, right now, uh, Domino's becomes Domino's. Really not happy with them. <laughs> you know, they really could, honestly, it feels like spend the money that they're that they're fighting so hard to go to the Supreme Court with to to, you know, fix this problem and, and it just it it shows their character, in my opinion, and it really just shows how honestly, not willing they are to to accept and, and how willing they are to discriminate. And that's that's my thoughts on it. I think the best way and the most polite way to do the no, well, not necessarily the most polite way, but the less 
verbose way to do it is to display their income and then display how much it would cost to make the site accessible. And just have those I think that's an important right distinction, though. We're not talking about making the entire site accessible. We're talking about right. just fixing the couple of issues involved specifically in the lawsuit. That's the cost that they're citing, the 38000 for. But even yeah, if but it I mean, cost you... 3800000 which if you multiply that cost by 100 to to fix the entire website... You're still looking at 0.6% of Domino's annual gross income, not revenue, income. And that's certainly not an undue burden. Right. That's what I'm saying. Just post those two figures right beside each other, and that says right. a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my opinion is I, I would like to see companies work together. And if a developer made these if a developer made these bad recommendations to saying this can't be done without paying this much money, then shame on them. That's my way of looking at it. I agree. I mean, I understand that professional like web designers and people are paid lots and lots of money and it costs lots and lots of money in the, in the business world to change things. But still, I kind of just shake my head at this. So another thing that is apparently happening is, and I don't think we talked on this last time, the Samsung Galaxy Fold is now going to try it again to be released. Hopefully it doesn't fold again. Or rip and tear. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, hopefully it folds, but hopefully it doesn't rip. Which, if you are a Doom fan, you'll get. (laughs) Another gamer joke. Obviously, all of us on the show are Doom fans, Michael. The crickets. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe somebody in the audience will get it, but... Uh, maybe hey, maybe we just play the game. Maybe we're just implying that you should put your Samsung Galaxy Fold on Cricket. Well, you'll you'll be able to <laughs> you'll be able to play Doom on that Galaxy Fold because they just uh, released Doom for mobile platforms, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, I really hope they do fix it, and I hope they don't copy anybody like Google is. right pixel 4 is gonna have facial recognition very similar to how face id works but you'll be able to do it to the sides of the phone it's kind of weird so that's gonna be very interesting and it seems like they're gonna have some neat technology in this device well one of the things that interests me because i was reading some of this too is the fact that the pixel 4 is going to have all of this in the top bezel as i understand it and it's not going to have a notch like the iphone 10 slash 10s line and that's interesting to me and i know a lot of people are you know get kind of upset at the fact that google copied apple with 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 face id but i see it as competition for both companies to improve and you can't you're going to have some copying you're going to have some you know similarities as devices develop so personally good for google it'll be interesting to see if uh how the setup process works with TalkBack at some point. Well, and supposedly you'll also be able to do simple gestures over your phone for doing different actions. So to me, that's interesting where you don't even have to touch your phone. The cameras will just see what you're doing and will complete different actions. That sounds weird. Well, Motorola does some of this on their phones, if I remember correctly. What I'm not a sure A lot of, of them have in the past, but they've been kind of hokey. So we'll see if 
what Google can present is really good because the problem that they've had in the past, and yes, a lot of these companies have done stuff like this in the past. They've done fa like facial recognition. Samsung's done that. You know, they've done touchscreen uh, fingerprint ID, but they've not been very good, right? So this will be using a depth of field camera system, which can detect how far away and different things about the gestures. And so it, it's important to recognize when, when companies are doing these things, Google is doing something that really has not been done before. I mean, things are similar, but with the kind of technology that's being used, this is going to be revolutionary, I think. Even if it doesn't have very good a practical use, the fact that they could do depth uh, field gesture recognition is going to really change the world for augmented reality in the future. Imagine a phone that will be able to read sign language based on the fact that there's depth in the hand movements. That's big. Jason, maybe it's this time it is really a true death camera. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, that, what's up, Megan? I was just going to say that would be very cool for, like, yeah. the phone to, like, so if somebody was a deaf person could, or deaf blind even, I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, somebody could just put, like, sign language in to the phone, and the phone would translate it to text and stuff. That would be cool. Or Google Translate would be able to watch hand signs and translate that into spoken text. Oh, that, that would, be, would cool. be cool. That would be really cool. But I mean, just as long as it's not so full of uh, pitfalls like Google Translate is right now. <laughs> well, Google Translate does <laughs> yeah, have its pitfalls, yeah. but you know, even in the classroom, we've used it at our center to get basic sentences and different things across, and it does a fairly good job. It's it not great, okay. yeah, but it works. I think it's interesting that Google has made me excited about an Android phone. Like, I am genuinely excited, even if I don't end up owning one of these things. What? I'm excited. I want to see it. Okay. Jason just Mark your calendars, this. folks. Yes. Jason will one day go to the dark side. No, Jason won't. It is on recording, Jason. <laughs> I will just be on the edge of it by having an Android phone and... Well, not use it as my be... what I'm curious about is if they're going to keep the back fingerprint sensor on this new phone. I hope so, because you're going to lose some talkback functionality in a way, unless they change it to this gesture recognition system, if they do remove the fingerprint sensor, because you have a selector kind of sort of similar to the voiceover rotor for talkback, and you can do things like quickly adjust your speech rate, adjust your verbosity, adjust audio ducking. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. So, you know, there's one company out there who has also promised that they would not add a lot of accessibility to their stuff, and that's Nintendo. And I was playing around on my Switch yesterday and found an option for Zoom. They already had a dark mode, and now they have Zoom. So it's interesting to kind of see accessibility being brought in slowly but surely into the Switch. And now I can use my Switch on uh, without being hooked up to a TV as if I was looking at a huge TV to read text. And to me, that's the start of good accessibility on a product. So I'm really excited about that. I thought you knew that was a thing, Michael. No. 
I found it yesterday. Hmm. I, I, uh, a friend got a Switch about a month, two months ago, and she found Zoom on there. Well, Well, and it's interesting, you know, it just goes to show you, just as much as we like to go through the settings in iOS or Android, it's important to do that in all of your products just to see how you can customize it to be more accessible for your needs. Indeed. But you should have been there, Megan. Yeah, it was was amazing. It was (laughs) insane. (laughs) I'm sure Michael was probably jumping up and down. His voice went from like normal Michael voice to squeaky Michael voice. I was pretty. It was excited. almost as good as the uh, Braille Sense outtake. Yeah, kind of was. Yeah. Mid-year outtake show. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I want to take a minute to talk to everybody about an update on one of our products that we are making for iOS 13, and it's still being called Project Vision. And we're open to any naming ideas. The current going one is Perspective. But any naming ideas would be great. This app will be able to let you look at items and you'll be able to tell what they are or read text and speak to the uh, app as if it was Siri or a lady or any of the others. And you could say, read my mail, dictate text or recognize text or anything like that. And it will it will recognize your text in front of your camera like KNFB or Seeing AI. This is all using uh, on-device processes uh, built by Apple, which is why the, the code name is Project Vision. And it should be available for beta test early September. So I'm really excited about this app. I hope people really enjoy it. Um, it is in development. It has the ability to uh, recognize text and take voice input at this time. And I really wish people could get their hands on this early version. So I'm really excited about this. Also, we have noticed that there were some issues with our podcast. The last episode showing was episode 120 back in June. This has been fixed. And you should now be able to download all of our podcast episodes. We're really excited about that. So please keep subscribed. And we're still on Google Play, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And tune in and everywhere else so uh, we hope you keep enjoying the podcast also it seems we're going to be having a new android app and that will be out in september so be on the lookout for that this app will also allow for everybody to be on the same page getting push notifications and being able to listen to the live stream so we're really excited about that all right on to our main topic of the day And this keeps coming back up. So how would you feel, guys, if you knew that everything or potentially anything you were saying to Siri was going to not just employees, but contractors for grading of quality? -uh. (laughs) Nuh-uh. And and you don't even know that that's happening until somebody blows the whistle. This honestly upsets me a lot. As privacy conscious as Apple is... You know, I have grown to expect it from companies like Google and Amazon. They're big into that kind of stuff. I've just expected. But Apple is a company that I've come to think that my privacy is pretty important, or so I thought. And 
I would have thought that, you know, I would have been able to trust them with the conversations I was having with my assistant. And yes, maybe uh, employees, I, I would kind of be okay with that. Although if I didn't opt in, that's a bit concerning. But contractors, uh-uh, no, 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 no. Absolutely not. Megan or Jason, what are y'all's thoughts? Uh, well, personally, I'm with Leah. If, you know, I think we should have the option to have employees listen, possibly. But definitely no to contractors. That is a huge no-no for myself. And honestly, uh, I, Apple, it, it really annoys me because Apple is always, oh yeah, we care about your privacy, 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 you know. And they've been emphasizing this for a long time. And then this comes out and it's just like, okay, well, okay, like, what other of my information is getting out? You know, like, I guess that trust is kind of lost, I guess, if you will. So I'm not happy with it. Um, like I said, the employee thing, okay, sure, I can, I can deal with that, but not the contractor stuff. I honestly would have to agree with, um, Megan and Aaliyah on this. I feel like this is very bad for Apple's reputation as far as trust is concerned, because a lot of people have grown to trust Apple with their privacy as Apple wanted you know, that's been their whole thing for a long time. You know, we're not like Google. We're not like Facebook or Amazon. We're not monitoring, you know, what data you send to us as far as um, making it specific to you. Um, and they were pushing this whole differential privacy thing in iOS, was it 9 or 10? Or maybe it was 11. In but one of the versions of iOS. Yeah, and one of the versions of iOS, I think it was 11, actually, where they were talking about differential privacy. But, you know, all of this together, all of Apple's initiatives have added up to a lot of trust. And then to have something like this come along and break that trust, I worry how much this is going to hurt them in that aspect for a while to come. Because as Megan said, what else is being leaked to contractors or even employees and i do think that this should have been something that the user sh uh, would have been able to opt into because you you can send apple analytics so i don't see why you can't opt in rather than be forced into sending your data to employees and right your options just, are send those voice clips or not use siri at all well, yeah. and they try to it, get away with putting it under iCloud Analytics. That's where all of this is kept. But when they don't really specify what's being sent and how it's being interpreted, that's kind of the issue. It's a uh, little shady. They discontinued the program, the practice of doing this, but still it, it you know, a lot of apologists will say, well, they fixed it. Don't worry about it. But it's not about you know, the facts are important. And if you want to hear more of what happened, Rene Ritchie does a great video on Vector about this. And I urge everybody to watch it. But this is also about how people feel about it. 
right? How we feel about a thing is just as important as what's really going to happen, right? Right. And and trust. Agreed. Trust is a huge thing with data nowadays. So I might not, I might choose which brand of, of router I buy or which brand of assistant device I buy and put in my house based on the practices of the company and what the company does with my data. Because I know that information that I send to that device will is... I know how that's taken care of. Now, our house specifically is full of each kind of device, and that's that's just us because we're tech people and that's what we do. But the data that I choose to transmit to to each device may be different, and that's because of the amount of trust I have in the company. And once the company breaks my trust in a big way, it's hard to know who to stay with. It's hard to know whether I continue whether I can continue to trust that company because are they still doing things with my data that I didn't explicitly agree to? And that's where we start on the the topic of whether or not terms of service and privacy policies are readable by the average human and understandable. And I think that's critical to a company's success is, you know, do I understand? Do I know, especially going forward, this is going to be critical. Do I know what a company's doing with my data? Do I know what my rights are? And do I know how I can control what kind of data they receive? And a huge thing for me is, like, I was just sitting here thinking about it as you were talking to Leah. I'm going, how long has this been happening? And how many people's information have been leaked to contractors and then, they, you know, like, used inappropriately, you know, or passed to other people, you know? Like, where is my information going? And how long has it been going, these places, and that sort of stuff. It just irks me a little bit, and it's kind of scary. Honestly, it scares me. Because I don't know who's getting a hold of my information. And it just breaks, like you said, like we all have said, it just breaks that trust. That trust is huge. And what is also scary is think about this. It's not just information that we give to our assistants, like our friends' names, our birth dates, our friends' birth dates, our, our, our parents' names and stuff like that. Think of any thing that has happened in your house or around you that has triggered any of these assistants, whether it's a noise, whether it's anything, really, anything that triggers these assistants is being recorded. And if these contractors have access to those recordings, they can learn a great deal about yes, the they can. people in the recordings. Yep. And that's very scary to me. Now, I personally am probably not going to stop using Siri. I, I use it too much not to use it. but And I also don't want to be one of these people who are so paranoid that I never use technology. I could not do that to myself. I have to use technology. But it's still scary. Yeah. Now, Jason, we know we know you do some things that you ought to be ashamed of, but you know there are... Uh... There are mute buttons for most of the assistants and uh, ways to turn on uh, or turn off the listening function. Maybe you should do that before you do things you might be ashamed of. <laughs> I'll, like, beat you upside the head with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love 
Go ahead, Megan. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, I love how after Jason said that, somebody hit the microphone. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> this got awful violent, too. Right. right. <laughs> yes, it did. <laughs> Ow, my head hurts. <laughs> so, you know, as the saying goes, friends like me, these, who needs enemies? But, you know, honestly, the way that I look at it is we're all going to use this stuff, but I think it's important to be aware. Always be knowledgeable of what's going on. And as a very popular character in Harry Potter would always say, constant vigilance. Constant vigilance. Anyway. Yes. It's important. But also... <laughs> well, you know, though, he wasn't even technically that character. He was Barty Besides Crouch the point. Spoiler, but geez. Still, who has not read Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire by now? <laughs> That's when we're going to get a flood of emails. A lot of I people. Have. Me? <laughs> yeah. No, not seriously, not me. I have, I have read it. But. <laughs> but I think it's very important for people to actually, as much as we don't like to because it takes time, and, you know, we're all in a rush these days, uh, it's really really important to take the time to read through these terms of conditions and privacy agreements because you don't you need to understand what is happening with your information and where it's going and how it's being kept safe if it's being kept safe and um, if you're not prepared to do that go online and read what other people are saying read the news about that product See if there's anything that can, can that has come out about it like this, and then determine what you're willing to do. What would you guys like to see Apple do next? I would like to see them explicitly state when you use Siri, what information gets sent to Apple, what information is looked at by another human, and have the ability to like some places. Um, I don't remember whether it's. Amazon or Google has the ability for you to turn off the ability the the human interactive part. So your recordings will not be sent to a human being um for review or for for quality testing or whatever. And there should be avail- the ability to toggle that off without losing the ability to use Siri. I agree. Agreed. And I think you should be able to go in and delete your recordings and start new from new. Absolutely. You choose, choose and to. you should be able to listen mm-hmm. to what it's captured. Well, and I yes. believe that this alone violates parts of the GDPR, if, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know enough about it, but I think it does. Because you should be able to get any part of your data as part of that law in the, in the EU. And this does not allow you to get some of that data. Yep, I'm with you guys on this, you know. We should have the ability to see everything that's being recorded and deleted if we want to. And I don't know where I was going with that. Anyway. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's just important that we should have the ability to let it go to a human or not let it go to a human. And don't make me start an extension of that, song. I think, would also be the ability to use Siri on device without requiring an internet connection to process your requests. 
except yeah. for when you ask it to look up something. You or, know what? You know what? The Google Assistant's is. getting that, so I would like to see Siri do yeah, that as is. well. Yes, although let's be honest, we probably won't see that for a very long time because Siri is still very behind the other smart assistants out there. But maybe because it's behind, we might see it actually go on device to get more advanced. That'll that be interesting. Be nice. That'll be interesting. Yeah. We'll have to see. Well, I just... Yeah, it would be interesting. Why should Siri have to send information to Apple servers to figure out that I told it to skip a song in Apple Music? Like... Right. It should have. One moment. One moment. Uh-oh. There's been a problem. Hold the line, please. Hold the line, please. Oh, crap. That's my favorite one. Hold the line, please. <laughs> right? <laughs> like... But the Irish male Siri was, hold the line, please. <laughs> Impatient much? <laughs> right. All right. So do we have any final comments before we wrap up today? Fix it, Apple. Fix it. Become my company that I trust again. Fix it. Fix it. Hashtag constant vigilance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that will do it for our content today. So I just hope people will, will really become a little more responsible and pay attention to what's going on. You shouldn't have to. But today's time, you know, we're living, as they said on Rene Ritchie's podcast, we're living in a place where technology is always listening. Always. And you just have to be vigilant and know what's going on. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. But uh, as we always do, it's the end of the show. And so it's time to get the beginnings of our picks for this week. Only the beginning? You don't want the whole thing? Well, the beginnings <laughs> of us giving out our picks. Yeah. No. <laughs> so. That didn't really work, Michael. <laughs> Fail. Pie. Eat it. <laughs> Pick the fail pie. No, I will not. That will not be my pick of the week. But Aaliyah, what is your pick for this week? <laughs> my pick for this week is a device that I didn't realize had been made accessible again. And I'm super excited. So back a few years ago, iDevices produced a product called the iGrill, which was a meat thermometer slash temperature probe slash. Uh, also, I think they had an ambient temperature uh, reader. It was it hooked up to your phone and the app was really accessible, really nice. You could tell what was going on. And then Weber bought it. And I was looking at buying one and I looked at the app. It was awful. You couldn't tell what was going on. There was there was a lot of problems and and ever since then I just had stayed away from the product. I really wanted one but couldn't buy one if it was going to be horribly inaccessible. And then I used a friend's eye grill the other day to test something in my oven and discovered that the app has made a 300 and, well, not 360, that would make it back to inaccessible, complete 180 degree turnaround from what it used to be. And it is, it is very accessible. You can, this, this particular eye grill was a, the, the larger one that had the ability to connect to four different probes and it even you can feel the buttons on the top mostly if you if you're feeling pretty firmly you can you can tell where they are um it has small a small beep to let you know when the device is turned on um and 
the temperature is very easy to read in the app. It's a super nice device. Um, as I said, you can connect it to four probes. It has an ambient sensor, um, an ambient probe that will tell you the temperature of the place that you're cooking in, so your grill or your oven. And it also has meat probes that you can use to stick in individual pieces of meat to see how well done they are. So that's going to be my pick for this week. I'm going to be buying one for myself, but I wanted to pick it because it's very, very accessible. And I definitely am happy that somebody reached out to Weber and said, hey, fix please. And uh, they, they definitely have listened. So... With all that being said, you can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Aaliyah, that's A-L-E-E-H-A, at iAccessibility.net, and you can follow me on Twitter at BlindCowGirl199. All right. Jason, what is your pick for this week, and where can people find you online? My pick is, for the rest of it, listen to the next episode. No, I'm kidding. Um... No! <laughs> hey, Michael's the, only, the one who wanted the beginnings of our picks. But anyway, <laughs> my pick is... <laughs> right. I have Team Talk open right now. Right click and kick. <laughs> I can't Hashtag kick. Click and kick. I can't. <laughs> click and I, kick. I can't, I can't kick Aaliyah because she's right here and I don't want to hurt her. So. <laughs> I think there's a little bias there. Oh. Oh, it's funny. But seriously, my pick is the Babyverse Trilogy by Dennis E. Taylor. It is amazing. So there uh, is a guy named Bob, and he wants to get himself cryogenically frozen so that if, you know, upon his death, he can be frozen and wake up and be... Uh, be... Reborn, healed. Yeah. I words <laughs> be reborn healed at a later time and instead of waking up in a new body he finds out that he is in fact a computer program and um i'm not going to say anymore and that's truly the beginning the of his pick <laughs> yeah that's, <laughs> that's true and this is the beginning of my pick <laughs> um but uh, i am not through all three books yet but they are amazing. Um, they are available on Bard, if if those of you who are listening have access to Bard. Um, and Michael, they are uh, the same versions you can get on Audible, aren't they not? Yes. Uh, if that's the commercial book on Bard, yes. Yeah, Ray Porter? Yes. yes. Yep. Yeah, and he is a great narrator. He has done such a good job with this series. It's amazing. Very, very good series, and I kind of can't wait to finish it, but I'm also going to be sad when I do. So, uh, with that being said, people can find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at jason at iAccessibility.net. You can search for me on Facebook, just search for Jason Earls, and you can also follow me on Twitter at JDE, that's Juliet Delta Echo 91. If you do add me to social media, I do ask that you let me know that you have found me from the IA cast. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you. All right. Megan, what is your pick for this week and where can people find you online? All right. So my pick for this week is 
kind of an older device, and I think somebody's probably picked it before, but I don't think I have, so, uh, my pick is the third generation Echo Dot, uh, I have been playing around with them, with the base on them, the last couple of days, I have three currently in my home, and I just really enjoy devices and listening to music in a group on them. Yes, they're not HomePod quality, but they're not bad at all. Um, if I could afford three HomePods, I would, but I can't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I just really like listening to music on them, and they sound pretty good so uh, as for where people can find me you can find me producing content for iaccessibility you can email me at megan that is m-e-a-g-h-a-n at iaccessibility.net you can search for me on twitter at megan h13 again that is m-e-a-g-h-a-n h13 you know i do have to say though quick tip do not insult a lady and call her a circular plastic hockey puck, or she will add circular plastic hockey puck to your cart. <laughs> that <happened to> me. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> so because of course that happened to me. So uh, we talked in the middle of the show about what our picks would be, and I'm doing a last minute change. <gasps> How rude! You know what I can do? I <laughs> muted him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she took mic control and muted me. Uh, but mic control, whoa, that goes a little bit further <laughs> than this podcast needs to. <laughs> she demiked the mic. <laughs> yeah, I said mic control. Yes, but... I did. <laughs> oh, I get it. Okay. All right, come on, get with the program. <laughs> <laughs> it took us that long. Yes, it did. But oh my. <laughs> He doesn't even know what his name is. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even think about it. Uh, but my pick for this week is something that we set up after getting back from convention, and I love it. And that is Stereo HomePods. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't think about that one, did you? No. It Wait, is... the, the visual man is, is picking an audio thingy? Right. Uh-oh. It is amazing. Oh, <laughs> you will have to wait for the end of your outtake show to learn what that means, folks. Yeah. I actually thought you were going to talk through it because you were still talking for a second. <laughs> but these HomePods sound amazing. You put two of these together in a stereo pair and they sound phenomenal. I mean, it is some of the best sound. It's expensive because you have to buy two HomePods, but... The sound is just worth it. Uh, really recommend this. It's really awesome. So check that out. As for where people can find me, you could find me producing content for iAccessibility. You can email me at Mike Doeys. That's M-I-K-E-D-O-I-S-E at iAccessibility.net. Uh, you could find me uh, on Twitter as Mike Doeys. And on Facebook, just search for Michael Doeys. Just let me know that you found me from the IACast. And I'm all over the web. I have my webpage, michaeldoeys.com, and I post on my YouTube channel and everywhere else. I just posted today a tour of the Mandalay Bay Hotel as it uh, was after the NFB conference. So that's pretty exciting. And it's in 3D audio. So check that Recorded out. Recorded with Elias Pick. 
With one of my no, prior picks. Not this pick for this episode. Old pick. Old pick. Yep. The MBOs. So it's really awesome stuff. And really enjoyed doing this show with you all today. Thank you, everybody on the stream and everybody that listens. So we will see you back next week for another episode of the IA cast. And we'll have other shows to come. So thanks, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. This show has been brought to you by the IACast Network. We love hearing from you. Email us at feedback at iaccessibility.net. Got Twitter? Follow us at iaccessibility1. Facebook? Search for iaccessibility. Download our free apps for iOS and Android and keep up with all of our content at iaccessibility.net. If you'd like to donate to our show, hit the PayPal button on our website and get early access to our outtakes with a donation at patreon.com slash iacast. Thanks for listening. Copyright 2019, iAccessibility, LLC.